Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Pashas Vayera begins after Avram Avinu, at the age of 99, circumcised himself. Yeah, say that again. And on the third day, God sent him visitors. In truth, God himself came and visited Abraham on the third day of the circumcision. As it says, Vayera elav Hashem, and, and Hashem, or God, appeared, appeared to Abraham. And then he sends three people, which were really angels. Angel Gabriel, Angel Michael, and Angel Rafael. What was that third one? Ephraim. Gabriel, and Rafael. Why did he send these three angels? He sends these three angels, Angel Michael, to give over the good news that Sarah is going to give birth to a child. Sarah was 89 years old, and that next year at the age of 90 she would have a child by the name of Yitzchak. And then you have Angel Raphael, the angel of healing, that came to heal Abraham. And then you had the third angel, Gavriel, who is the angel of fire and the angel of judgment to turn over Sodom and Gomorrah. They leave Avram, and now only two angels go down because Michael did his job, he gave over the good news. When an angel finishes his job, he goes back up to heaven. And now the two angels, Raphael, and Gabriel go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Raphael, the angel of healing, to save Lot and his family. And the angel Gabriel to turn over Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, this is the basic story of what happened here. The city was turned over and the angels told the entire family, do not look back because you don't have the right to relish in their misery. The white of light turned back and she turned into a pillar of salt. This is the story. Now, what are the lessons from the Parsha? Many lessons are derived from this Parsha. The first thing is that God revealed himself to Avraham. There's a famous story that the Rebbe Rashab the fifth Chabad Rebbe, whose birthday is the 20th of this month, 20th of Cheshvin, was once at his grandfather in his office, in his cheder, in the Yechidish room, and he began to cry. It seems he was there for his birthday, around his birthday, and he began to cry. And his grandfather said to him, and the boy was only, at that time, four or five years old, and began to cry, and his grandfather, Zaidi, said, why are you crying? He said, I'm crying because I just read the Torah portion. It said that God revealed himself to Abraham. How come God does not reveal himself to me? That was why he was crying. The Tzedek said, his grandfather responded, a man who's 99 years old, and is willing to go through major surgery to perform a circumcision on himself, that person is worthy that God should reveal himself to him. The Rebbe spoke about the story many times and he said, 
At one occasion, from here we see that today in our generation, we need to educate our children in a way that when they reach four and five, what should they want? They should want to see Hashem. They should want to see God. So you have iPhones, and you have iPads, and you have all these wonderful things. But the most important thing is that a child should want to serve Hashem and want to see God. And that is the potential of our generation, regardless of all the challenges that we have with social media, etc., etc. We still have the opportunity, we still have the responsibility as teachers, as parents, as adults, to, to educate our children that what they want to see they should want to see Hashem. That's number one. They should want to see God. Number two. We find a very powerful lesson here pertaining to the mitzvah of Achnosas Erechim, of welcoming guest. Avram Avinu just had a major operation. He had the circumcision at 99 years old. And yet, he wanted to have guests in their house, right? There, there are men who have operations for six months to out of, out of uh, sight, right? Yet, Avram Avinu on the third day already, even before that, was waiting to have guests in his house. So on the third day, three angels came and they appeared as human beings and they came to the house of Avram Avinu. Now let's listen to this scenario. God reveals himself to Avram. So Avram is having a communication with God. He's talking to God. And all of a sudden, three gentlemen appear. Okay? What does Avram Avinu do? He says, God, hold on. Okay? God, Zaygazunt, I'm going to talk to these three men. He's talking face to face with God. He has an audience with God. And he says, by Yoimar, in verse number three, Hashem, Please, if you find favor in my eyes, do not leave me, but allow me to go and host my guests. From here, the Gemara in Shabbos teaches us that it is greater, it is greater to house guests in your house, in your home, than even having a private audience with God face to face. So, on a simple level, right? You go to Shul Shabbos morning, and you're diving, that's very nice. You're talking to God face to face. But when you bring home a few guests to the house after davening Friday night, or Shabbos morning, your wife has a bigger mitzvah than you. Because she is the, the boss of the house. She is the Akedah Abayus. And therefore, when guests come to the home, you now have a greater privilege and you have a greater honor, and that is to host guests more than even speaking to God face to face. Let's take this idea a step further. How do we know this? How do we know that having guests are greater than communicating with God? So the Gemara brings an obvious proof from this verse, verse number three, and Avram turns to God and says, God, please do me a favor. I'm going to take care of these guests. Don't leave me. But he left God. He left God to meet the guests. So this seems to be an obvious proof. Yet the Rambam, in the laws of Avil, goes on to say that how do we know that having guests is greater than communicating with God? 
He brings a proof from verse number two. He brings four words. Vayar, and he saw, Vihine, and behold, Shlosha Anoshim, there were three men. That is the proof that Rambam brings. So the question comes to mind, number one, there's a rule in the Rambam, in Maimonides, that the Rambam generally bases everything he says off the Talmud or previous texts. So why doesn't he bring the text from the Gemara, the proof from the Gemara, which is the verse, God, please don't leave me. Number two is, if the Rambam does bring a new text, it has to be more simple. Yet it seems to be that the text that Avram, that Avram saw, the three angels, is more complicated. Because how do we have a proof, and he saw the three men, that this is the proof having guests are greater than communicating with God. Okay. There are two very important halachas in the Code of Jewish Law. One is, when we say the Shema, like we do here in the, the morning class, you put your hands over your eyes, you say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echad. Hear, O Israel, God is our Lord, God is one. You close your eyes. You put your hands over your eyes. Why? Not to be distracted from people around you, to be able to be focused on accepting the yoke of Hashem. And furthermore, it says in the Code of Jewish Law, that when we, when we say the Shema, it has to be done with fear and with, with, uh, with awe, with trepidation, with, with even sweating. In other words, you're standing in awe of God that even you perspire because of this. So therefore, when it comes to the Shema, you're not allowed to look around or talk to other people. You have to be very, very focused. And the reason is because every time we say the Shema, it's as if God gave us a new document, a new law, and we're so excited to read it, and therefore we don't talk to anyone else while we are reading this document. There's another law, and that is when we stand the Amidah, and we do this, which is really the entire Amidah in one little phrase, one little paragraph. So when we stand the Amidah in the synagogue, or even at home, we could pray at home three times a day, so... You're not allowed to even blink at your neighbor or at your spouse when you say the Amidah. Why? Because you are standing face to face with God. If you were standing before a king of blood and flesh and you were talking to him, can you imagine you turned around and started talking to other people while you're talking to the king? You would be dead in a moment. <laughs> God is the king of all kings. He's Melech Malchem Lachem Baruch So, if you're talking to God in the Amidah, it says you're not allowed to, to look around. You have to be focused on God himself. Right. Now, all of this is a halach and when we're reading the Shema the Amidah. How much more so if you are actually talking to God? In other words, not only are you talking to him, but he's talking back to you. You're having a communication with God. So Avraham Avinu is actually talking to God face to face, right? He says, God, hold on. I have to see and got to talk to these three people. How is Avram Avinu allowed to do this? Let's talk about the difference between inviting guests into your home and the mitzvah of charity. They both go under the general umbrella of acts of goodness and kindness, of gemilas chasadim. But there's a big difference between charity and inviting guests. What's the difference? 
The law is, if I'm walking down the street and I just bought myself a cup of coffee in Starbucks and I'm walking in the street with a cup of coffee and I'm putting back my change into my pocket and accidentally I'm so involved in the coffee, I'm so excited about this coffee that I'm drinking, I drop all my change on the floor. Or even more so, it's a new holiday Hanukkah, I'm buying myself a, a, uh, a nice bracelet or a new watch and I pay a few thousand dollars to the owner of the store and I get a change, a few hundred dollars and I'm putting it in my pocketbook or my wallet or my pocket and I'm so excited about my new watch and bracelet that I drop the money on the floor. Now, a poor man, a homeless individual, sitting on the corner, sees all these bills flying on the floor. He runs over, and his lucky day, he just made $300.39. Okay? He's very excited. He now takes that money, he buys a coffee, and he buys a pizza, and he buys a sandwich. Comes the question to mind. This is the riddle. Did you fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah or not? The answer is absolutely yes. A hundred percent. Yes. You have fulfilled the mitzvah of tzedakah. Even though it was an accident. Why is it tzedakah? Because tzedakah, listen to this. Tzedakah, the most important thing of tzedakah is that the poor man has a few bucks in his pocket to buy a sandwich, to buy a coffee, to buy a pizza, to have some scrambled eggs in the morning. That's the most important thing for tzedakah. So it doesn't matter if you had an intention to give him money or not. The fact that he found your money and it didn't go into the garbage, it didn't go into the sewer, but luckily, luckily, someone found it and used it, you fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah. Now, this doesn't take away the fact that it's nicer to go to the homeless person and give him $100. It's nicer to smile when someone asks you for tzedakah. That, of course, is better. There are many layers and levels of giving charity. But have you fulfilled the essential level of tzedakah or the mitzvah of tzedakah? Absolutely yes, 100%. Give me a few minutes. Now, this is contrasted to the mitzvah of having guests. When you have guests, there's two things. There's number one, giving the food to the guest. The food came, and they ate the food, they were hungry, they had a void in their stomach, now they're full. Beautiful. That's one mitzvah. That's one concept. There's another concept, and that is the host. How did the host treat the guest? Did you take the food and you throw it onto the table? Here, eat. Take whatever you want. Who cares? Or the host smiles. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Have some wine. Have some scotch. Have some vodka. Have some gefilte fish. Have some crane. Have some more crane and more crane. Have some chicken. Have some steak. Have some soup. And you do it with a smile. So there are two aspects here. Number one is the guest, the recipient, becoming full, number one. But number two is, even a greater mitzvah is how the host treats the guests. That the host has to be kind, has to be giving, has to smile, has to give up their time and their emotions. So there's the action 
of kindness and the attribute of kindness. When it comes to tzedakah, the most important thing is the action, that they receive the money. When it comes to hachnasas urchin, having guests, the most important thing is the attribute of kindness. And that is why we find when it comes to guests, there is an additional aspect which the Rambam considers to be the most important aspect. And that is to escort your guests out of the house. It's not because you want to make sure they leave. That's not the reason. The reason you escort your guests out of the house is to show them how much you appreciate their coming and that you care about them. And the truth of the matter is in the days of old, when you had a guest that came with a horse and buggy from a different town, you escorted them not only out of the house, but to the end of the town. And the reason was really to protect them, to make sure that when they left your house, a highwayman did not actually take their life. And therefore the Rambam says if you give someone food, but you don't escort them, it's as if you are a murderer. It's as if you spill their blood. Because if you let them go back into the wilderness, out into the jungle, out into the forest, and you didn't escort them, you are liable for their misery, you are liable to, to, for their death. And the same is true at an emotional level. If someone finished eating, and you say, goodbye, Zaygazun, see you next year. And they walk out, oh wow, what kind of host was that? Who needs that food? I'll just throw the whole thing back in their face. And on the contrary, you become embarrassed. You become embarrassed. When you become embarrassed, your face becomes white. The blood leaves your face. You have spilled their blood. That's why when you embarrass someone, God forbid, it's considered as if you murdered, murdered them, you killed them, because they, their face becomes pale. So the Rambam says the most important aspect of, of escorting guests or having guests is the fact that you show them emotionally how important it is for you to have them and that they feel like the most important person in the whole entire world. Now, now that we understand the importance of having guests, and by the way, this was an eye-opener for me too, I got to reconsider now how I treat my guests. <laughs> Especially my wife, I have to start treating nicer now. Maybe the second. So, so, what's considered escorting? So, one woman point. So, now, now, the Ramam takes it one step further. The Ramam says, How do we know that you have to give of your emotions to your guests? By the fact that he was talking to God. And he was talking to God face to face. And still in all, says the Torah over here, in verse number two, Vayar, he saw three people coming. Vihine and behold. When it says in the Torah, behold, it means, wow. He made a big thing about it. Behold, three people came into the house. In other words, he made them feel like the three most important people in the entire world. So escorting, to answer your question, doesn't only mean to escort them out, but according to the Rambam means also to escort them in. In other words, to welcome them into your house. 
So it starts from the beginning all the way to the end. So therefore, it's a hard mitzvah. It's a difficult mitzvah. It's not only about making some uh, spaghetti and, and tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And even though you were standing all day doing this, but if you didn't present it properly, and you didn't do it with love and sensitivity and emotion, then we got to do it all over again. You got to invite them back and give them more filter fish. <laughs> so this is a do-over. So this is now, this answers another question before we get to the questions. One more question. If you think about it in a literal sense, this is the basis that we derive the law that having guests is even greater than talking to God face to face. But yet, if you consider the entire episode, it really makes no sense. Because if they were three human beings, three normal people, okay, we could derive a law, how Ramavinu treated normal guests. But these were not normal people. They were angels. So how can you derive a law how to treat other human beings from how Abraham treated the angels? It makes no sense. It's not a real thing. It never happened. In other words, physically, there's a whole discussion. Did the angels actually eat the food? They're angels. So there are two opinions. One is that they put it into the mouth and it burnt up in their actual mouth. They never actually swallowed the food and never digested it in their stomach. Another opinion is that being that they came into the body of a human being, so therefore they had all the bodily functions. And therefore they had an appetite, and they had an entire intestines and digestive system, and uh, they actually ate, and the food went down into the stomach. But even if you say that, it, that they did have a physical human body completely, still no, they were angels. So how could Avramavinu say to God, excuse me, I must take care of my guests, when God was the one who sent those guests. He sent those angels. So the answer is, based on what we just said, that the most important thing of welcoming guests is not the food. It's not the food, but it's the feeling. Good, good line. It's not the food, it's the feeling. It's not the action of feeding them, but it's the attribute of how you welcome them. It makes no difference if it's a human or an angel. And by the way, the Rebbe points out that even angels have feelings. When they come down into your house, they know how you treat them. And every Friday night, we say the Shalom Aleichem, right? Before we make the Kiddush, we welcome the angels. We say goodbye to the angels. Now, some people say, Shalom Aleichem, and they're talking to everybody. The angels don't feel it. Hello, I came to walk you home. I came to escort you to make sure you're safe. And now you don't care about me. You're doing me a favor. You're saying Shalom Aleichem. They have feelings. So, especially by Avram Avinu, who was, who was the, the icon of, of kindness and emotion and passion. When he had a guest, you felt it. He didn't let you leave. He had his hands around you like this. You felt that love all the way back to your country, even though it was a week or two weeks later, mm-hmm. you still had that feeling, wow, Avram, he was a gentleman. He really cared about me. Mm-hmm. He made me feel like a million bucks. That's the mitzvah of Achim mm-hmm. It's a whole different mitzvah now. You've got to start all over again. <clears throat> from the beginning. Fine, gone, fine. So that's why we learn the Torah every year anew. 
Every year it's a new insight, a new, a new inspiration, a new direction. Okay, so to hope and pray that in this chus of tzedakah, of charity, it says that we're going to bring about the coming of Mashiach, and the same is true in the merit of having guests. We hope that very soon the God will take us out of Golos and we will become his guests by the big meal of the Mashiach with the, with the Leviathan and the Sherabur, the big fish, and then the big steak, and the good wine is going to serve all of us with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Okay, we had a question. Next quoting? What is it? Okay. All right. I wanted to share something. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just a, it's, it's a little, little strange. I, I was in King's Plaza years ago. Went to use the ladies' room. I was in King's Plaza.